I sprayed it twice. You sprayed it three times. Three times, lady. Yeah, too much. Got to keep up the spooky vibes in here with vampire blood. Brought to you by the podcast. Brought to you by Bath and Body Works and a concentrated room spray. That is a lot for my nostrils right now. Ah, It smells good though, right? It smells like a lot. It smells like a lot of what? Like a lot of perfume. It's not perfume. It's it's who is calling you all day today? I've had like eight unknown numbers slash spam calls today. It's ridiculous. I don't know why. Block all the numbers. I can't block them all. You can. You go there when they're done, they're done calling, you hit block. That's it. Done. Okay. Anyways, uh, welcome to episode 11 Yes, all of my Lord of the Rings n- nerds will probably get that. Um, no? Yes? 11 That's all Moving. Bilbo was in the... Moving on. I'm going to keep just explaining it. Just dig myself a deeper hole. Uh, we are doing... Fuck, what is the... <laughs> what's the theme of this episode? Period piece? Period I mean, horror. yeah. To be me, to be clear, we mean time period horror. Yes. Uh, also, they also involve um, eating people. So there's that too. Yes. And again, not like a like a yeah. Anyways, like a woman's period. Moving on. If they have those horror movies, that's just not the topic we're doing today. No, this isn't teeth or whatever that one was or, about or the ginger snaps. Oh yeah, that is yeah. Carrie. Oh, yeah. Man, there's a topic we need to do. Or not. Yeah. All right. <laughs> moving yeah. on. Anyways, moving on. Uh, I have picked one. You've picked one. Um, yeah. And then we're going to get to those in a second. Didn't have an episode last week because life got a bit stressful for us. Uh, we are still trying to move into the new house and set up. And then the sale on our old home fell through last week. So we were sobbing and weeping and I just didn't have the energy, the emotional energy to do a podcast. Sorry everybody, but we're back now. Yeah, we're back. Uh, you will, you will get two episodes on October 1st though, to make up for the missed week because again, not missing a week this year or at least not missing it episode wise. So yes. you, you were down one last week and it'll be up two in a couple weeks because, uh, yeah, just couldn't do it last week. Couldn't do, didn't have the will to live last week. But now we're under contract again. Tight. See if this happens. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Hopefully. Hopefully we should close on 1014. It's only a month more of stress. So no big deal. But that's why there was no episode last week. And I didn't have uh, really a way to say there wouldn't be one because it was too late. It was like Thursday at nine. And I was like, ah, it's not happening. Yeah. So, yeah, we're back. Um. Got a bunch to talk about though since we missed a week. Yeah, we yeah. do. Uh, what would you like to start with? Because there's two movies and we got to talk about HHN. So what do we start with? Uh, I guess we could start with HHN. Okay. Could you like? I can't hear you. You're very I'm low. Sorry. Okay. No, you're fine. It just sometimes you talk so low I can barely hear you. Okay. Got to pronounce from the chest. I'm not gonna yell. Why not? I'm talking at my normal volume, so. You'll get excited later when you're talking and you start okay. going up. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You annoyed. Only slightly. You're always annoyed with me. Whatever, it's fine. Anyways, God, why don't you why don't you talk about HHN, fucking sad sad McGee over there? So That's not it, even a thing. You know, let me talk. No. So it's HHN thirty. Um, obviously, it was supposed to be thirty last year. Didn't happen. We still got some thirtieth anniversary merch and a couple of houses that were selectively opened, um, which those houses did come back this year. 
but uh, it is back in full swing. Um, I believe they have reduced the capacity for the event this year and the actors, um, the scare actors are taking extra precautions. So you'll see a lot more face masks, a lot of costumes <coughs> that involve full face masks, um, way less prosthetics. And um, in the house is more shields between you and the scare actors. Um for everybody's protection, which I think is uh, is nice. And even some um, spots where they didn't have shields, the uh, characters were put a reasonable distance away. Um, yeah, I think they did a good job because I was worried about the whole plexiglass thing and stuff like that. But it's not in every single scare, and it's not too distracting either. Um, yeah, in some houses you're like, ah, a scare will come from there. But they do have it in some extra spaces. Like, not every boo hole gets used. So you're just like, I don't know which one of you is going to be the one that the scare's coming out of, but I'm worried. Yeah. And uh, that some of them actually use that to their advantage because it does make it a little harder to see if they're kind of pushed back because you get a reflection off of the lights. So some of them actually use it to their advantage and they get some pretty good scares, even with the, uh, uh, the it's not even really plexiglass, it's like a soft. Uh, like it's like a soft kind it's a, of it's a plastic sheeting yeah uh, yeah and then you like you said the other uh, pretty much everyone else has masks on and I like how they've incorporated some of the masks into the costumes or yeah or they just do full face masks so it's definitely working uh, the crowds I don't know we're not usually there too late we went on Friday the first Friday it opened and then uh, last Friday as well and it wasn't insanely busy uh, of course it's obviously going to be a bunch of people, but it definitely feels a little, slightly less crowded than normal. And I feel like, like you said too, they had to probably, you know, reduce the reduce numbers. Reduce the like they had to. Um, but there's not there's not a lot of people wearing masks there either, so that's that's concerning. concerning. Yeah. So um, if you go to HHN, just wear a mask. If even if you're vaccinated or not, we gotta kill this thing once for all. Yeah. Uh, so. so let's talk. No, I was gonna say I was gonna talk some houses. Uh, we've got ten again this year. And I'm just going to go to my, where's my notes? I, I keep track of all, yeah, there we go. All right, so Wicked Growth, uh, actually, no, let's go, let's talk about Scare Factor. So the scariest ones for me, like top three would be Haunting of Hill House, HHN Icons, and Welcome to Scary. I literally, it's, it's crazy, but I will keep track of how many scares I get in each house just by like counting on my fingers. Yeah. And those are the top three so far. Uh, Case Files on Earth is, is super cool. I really like the story there. Puppet Theater's got a really good story as well. Tooth Fairy's got probably the best story, I think. There's a lot of like lore in that one. Uh, TCM is great. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, I, I am kind of confused as to what's going on with that house, though. It seems like it's having an identity crisis because there's masks from like almost every Texas Chainsaw in there. I guess it's just a mashup. Just a mishmash. Uh, yeah, I saw, you know, I saw masks from TCM2, the first one. And yeah, so it just kind of seems like... They took the masks of what they had already on on hand and uh, just threw it into a house and gave everybody chainsaws. I mean, hey, it works, but it's not like not anything new and crazy and fun, but it is still it is still a, a fun house. Yeah. Uh, outside of the houses that have a, spe a really specific theme, like, you know, the uh, IPs, obviously specific theme, um, Bride of Frankenstein, uh, specific theme. Um Tooth Fairy, obviously, very specific theme. Yeah. Um, I, I I like the one. Uh, what's what is? Sorry, my brain. Uh, unearthed. Is that what I'm thinking? Of? I don't know which which it's one. It's the are... one with the detective. Yeah, that's on Earth. Case I files like on Earth. I like the idea, but at the same time, that 
mixed in with a couple of the scare zones that are um, like several things thrown together. There is a, uh, a big vibe of we're just hodgepodge and a lot of scary things together. Well, and, and I'm sure some of that came with having to probably do some new houses, you know, which which is what I was going to oh, say. Um, I understand like we had discussed when we were walking through some of the houses that we had noticed a lot more repeat set pieces from previous years than we had before this um because usually it's like oh look there's that little thing from that house or this one and this time we were like this is the entrance for this one or this is the entrance for that one which is totally fine it's understandable you don't want to dump a whole halloween horror nights budget into something that one you're not 100 percent is actually going to end up happening and two um didn't happen last year so you've got to recover somewhere yeah so totally get it um but I will say, like, um, with some of the scare zones, there's a couple of them where I, I don't actually understand at all what the theme is. Um, like which one? Let's see. I don't understand what the one is over by Fast and Furious. Uh, I don't even know which one that is. Oh, that's the Crypt. That's the uh, Crypt. It's, a, it's like a YouTube channel or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I, I, don't, um, know. I don't know what the one. I Okay, so I do know that there is the one over by... Um, hollywood boulevard that is that isn't that like previous years or something yeah they have like uh vamp 55 they have they like almost, a remix of several previous uh scare zones it's like they have little st- like little stands that have different people from different years or something like that i think yeah so there's those two and then yeah that with the unearth thing there's just like this vibe of we didn't want to commit to one thing in a few places so we committed to several things in a few places and like that's cool for like a scare zone but for three different places that's a lot of i don't know what's going on i also have no idea what's going on with that hide and seek section or ser- seek and destroy Sur- seek and destroy Sorry. yeah every- i no no clue what that's supposed to be well we also haven't really hung out in scare zones we've pretty much gone there done the houses and then gotten out of there because i don't want to be around a whole shit ton of people um I but did- yeah oh go ahead Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, the Seek and Destroy one is just kind of, everyone looks the same. Uh, there's not very much originality in that zone. Like, literally everyone's dressed in white with the same masks, maybe small variations. So, yeah, that that one kind of, it's not that it was lazy. It's just like, I don't, everyone looks the same. Where's the fun in that? I like a scare zone where everyone's different and everyone has their own little thing, but everyone looks like robots in that scare zone. Yeah, even the one over in Central Park. Um which I can't think of the name of that. You one really either. should have had like a map or something. I don't have like, a map. You have a map. You map. get the map. I get the, the map. The map. Um, that one even has like, aside from the women who are standing up on the platforms, there's three costumes repeated. Is there? Yeah, there's the um, angry hamster. Um, I love the angry hamster. He's the fun. guy with the crazy root arms, and then the guys in the ghillie suit situations. Which, by the way, they're they're cool at night. Those suits do not translate in daylight. <laughs> Which ones? Oh, yeah, because you can see their eyes. Well, you can see their eyes and you can see the wood texture of the clothing or the wood pattern of the clothing. And it looks less like texture because it's broad daylight. But that's fair. Yeah. Um, so that's that's more just repeated stuff. Um, I also don't know what's going on there, but I don't mind it as much because um, at least there's some variation. But yeah, Seek and Destroy. Um, I think Stephanie Bishop uh, explained it to me. She said it was something about aliens and mm. trying to destroy all the humans. I was like, I'm not picking up that vibe at all. This is more reading like Logan's Run to me, but I do, like, but like violent. Yeah, like I said, that that one definitely seems the weakest because typically that's 
That's usually my favorite because it's uh, the most fun. Well, it's yeah, it's the purge is usually there. That was there for at least two or maybe if maybe not maybe three years. And then I also had one, uh, an HHN twenty six. It was really cool. It was I can't remember what it was called, but that one was really cool. And this one's just yeah, everyone's the same. I don't really know what's going on. They have like that stage with something, but people like, are getting killed probably, and they're like find the humans or something. Yeah, and, I don't know. And there's a lot of marching noises. Yeah, see the thing is is. Vamp 85 happened there. Zombie Lane happened there. The Purge a couple of times. You know, that's usually where the zone where people can have a little bit more fun with the... Because it's, it's the, the biggest yeah, I was zone. Say, it's also so, the biggest. So to have like these people who you can't see their faces, you have no idea what they're doing. Some of them have chainsaws, which is really confusing with the futuristic theme. Um, chainsaws are going to be pretty much everywhere. I know, but like some of them have guns, but some of them have chainsaws. And you're like, if you're futuristic, why are you using chainsaws, but you've got shiny metal helmets on? That's a confusing mix there, up you know of what? genres there. So... Are you looking up what the actual theme is? Yeah, I'm just they, <laughs> they, they fucking describe it like uh, let's see, that's Crypt TV. All yeah, right, so, all right. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um. So yeah, it's it's not like they're not bad looking, or it's not that they're bad looking or anything. There's just um, there's definitely some confusion with some of the scare zones this year. All right, so. Crypt TV is just step inside Crypt TV, a dark universe of monsters that reside in the same reality on your screen. Uh, thirty years, thirty fears, which. I, I don't know why I hate that so much. Also, can we please talk about the artwork for that? 30 Years, 30 Fears. It fucking looks like it was done by a seven-year-old. Honestly, it's not that good looking. I like the <laughs> um, crisp animation they've done, like on this poster you have over here. They've yeah. done some really, like, really bold line work on some of yeah. their stuff, which that stuff looks great. Even the uh, little, they're basically juice glasses is what they are. Yeah. Um, I even thought about getting those. We don't need any more cups in our house, which no, is why don't. I didn't get them. But the illustration style on it was super cool um I, I love that more graphic style but yeah some of the 30 years themed stuff it, it's, it's, your... it's the one that says 30 years 30 fears and it, it's uh kind of like 3d not 3d but it's got like um jesus christ what am i trying to say here it, i don't know well it's 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 not it's like sides it's not, to it i was gonna say it's not 2d it's not flat you know it does have like whatever and it just it looks it just looks so bad and i'm like who passed this because usually their art and like that stuff i have down there all the stuff that i bought looks fantastic but just that 30 years 30 it's on the back of the cups too i'm like this just this this is not up to snuff well, with hell, it, how it usually is we you even got the cup where you had the uh it has like one of the older designs on it from like early, past Holly Horror Nights, the guy, the uh, mummy face. Well, yeah, that's but, that was their thing. That they probably had those cups for last year because they did a lot of merch that was centered around stuff from they previous years. They did have years. those cups last year. Oh they, no, they they would have because the, that's they had what the shirt that so went they're probably, with them. They're probably not going to throw just like throw those away. No, no, no. I'm just saying that um, as opposed to just going straight to an old idea, um, it's always more fun when they're like, "What can we do to update this a little more?" Like they, you know spice it up a little it would have been oh. cool to see them take the old design and reimagine it and use that so it's like homage to the old design but it's not just the old design yeah, that's the problem with the anniversary years is you have a lot of recycled stuff a lot of like you know a lot of mishmash stuff like you know uh 25 uh, hhn 25 the monsters and mayhem great house but yeah it's just kind of a mashup of all the years that jack has been there and stuff like that so the anniversary years are kind of tough um yeah um Speaking of, I really do like the um, the ones with the the house with the icons in it. Um, the only part I don't understand is the part with Bloody Mary because I've never seen her in there, not once. I've only seen the mirrors drop down, hmm. 
I'm like, maybe I'm just missing her, but all I see is mirrors dropping down and decapitated heads. I mean, she Spoilers. was she was uh, one year. I can't remember what she. I think she might have been sixteen, maybe. Yeah, but I do like the facade to that one with the uh, the tomb, the catacomb tomb situation. Yeah, a lot that, of great, a lot of great facades. Oh, excellent um, facades this year. I will say, despite the some of the confusing stuff going on with the scare zones, they are really rocking it on the facades this year. Oh yeah, back to the scare zones real quick. So seek and destroy is a ruthless, a ruthless alien cyber regime led by the controller in cap in caps. Uh, has taken over New York, turning humans into fuel. Succumb or be destroyed. What is on me? So, wait, you're going to succumb to being fuel or, or be fuel anyway? I swear to God, I don't know. Uh, so that's that one. Again, I'm still calling weird on the chainsaws. And then the uh, uh, Gorewood Forest. It's 16 years after the glorious, uh, the gory sacrifices of the Terra Cruentis. Uh, Terra Queen is back. So, uh, yeah, so last year was supposed to be 15 years because when she was first there in 16 or whenever she was there, 15, she said, I'll like, I'll be back in 15 years or something to that extent. And that's why she was supposed to be back last year. Put me in your calendar. Yeah. But now it's like, just kidding. Um, 16 years, <laughs> 16 <Yeah. laughs> uh, event years. Um, and then uh, lights, camera, action, Eddie's revenge. Get ready for the feel bad movie of the year. Eddie Schmidt, Jack, the clown's brother is filming a horror film and the monsters are real. Where the fuck is that one? That's got to be an um, that's got to be the one on the side by uh, was that Hollywood? It's got to be because Crypt TV is over back back in the back. Thirty years, thirty fears is the first one that pops in. Seek and Destroy is New York. Gorewood Forest is uh, Central Park, and yeah, so Eddie's Revenge must be the. I must have totally. Oh, you know what? That must be the one. No, in Hollywood. Wait. Yeah, that must be the yeah. one in Hollywood. Um. I guess we'll have to take a closer look at that. Yeah, we just time. we really just we, we we have been on like full rampage of just going there, doing the houses and ass. leaving. Yeah, we have not been stopping because we're not trying to hang out there uh, for a long time. But yeah, definitely a good year this year. We also did we you know we did every house every night. Um, Brides of Frankenstein was uh, also pretty good, and Beetlejuice was that that's that's more of like the fun house like last year or um in twenty nine the fun what was the fun house. That really wasn't scary, but you're like, there was, I don't know, there was an IP in 29 that we were like, oh yeah, this is great, but it it's wasn't. Probably Stranger Things. Yeah, probably that. Yeah, it wasn't scary, but you're like, oh, this is amazing. So definitely good. Uh, I really like the IP to original ratio because we have six IPs this year. And I mean, technically Brides of Frankenstein is an IP, but it's not because it's not, it's not a movie. So that one kind of falls in the weird, like it's an intelligent, you know, it's an intellectual property because it is, a, you know, universal monsters, but it's not an actual movie. So it's like, I do like, like the, right in the middle. I do like the vision behind that one of her, like the whole story of her trying to bring back uh, the monster. And I like the whole tie in with uh, the brides of um, Dracula. Yeah. Except if you did not know about the Brides of Dracula, you would be wildly confused in that house because they True. don't make that abundantly clear. They're just uh, a lot of chicks hissing at you in there. They did reuse that sound from the Universal Monsters of from 29 where yeah. she steps out and just screams. So I was like, all right, I don't mind you reusing props, but don't be reusing sounds, man. Come on now. You know, what's funny is I thought I was thinking Especially about that it. one, like that giant scream. Sorry. I do like that there are two. Um, they did have a guy on the first night. Um, and unearthed, but then he wasn't there again, so maybe he'll be back. Um, on the floor, but, hold on. Oh. Uh, there were two people, there are two houses where there was actually someone at the entrance of at the facade because there was the one oh, that Frank, uh, Bride of Frankenstein, and then there was uh, 
um, Beetlejuice is at the entrance to the Beetlejuice house, which is really cool. But um, yeah, because unearthed, you know, there was the guy who was reading all the stories. And so, oh yeah, yeah. if he doesn't come back, the end of that house doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but um, that one I did find to be fun because it does have that whole like Dick Tracy. Yeah. I, yeah and I like that. Like I said, they, they really knocked it out of the park with the original stories, even though some of them are kind of a mishmash. Like some of the some of the stories behind these houses are fucking awesome, man. Um, yes, of all the mishmashes, you know what? Uh, Scary Ohio's kind of got like a... Um, Welcome to Scary. Has kind of a mishmash vibe to it, too. Yeah. Um, of all the mishmash things, I guess that's four, um, I would say that Unearthed has the mo- is the most cohesive because they're tying it together with one unified plot that you can actually go, oh, he's a detective that hunts monsters. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty... It's I really like that one as well. Um, for the... Let's see. For the originals, I got to go with, oh, where the fuck did it go? Uh, Wicked Growth for me is definitely my favorite of the originals. And then obviously Hill House is my favorite of the IPs. House is so fucking good and it terrifies me because the tall man that floats above the floor is in that big tall guy. You know, I yeah, he, and he, out. God damn it, it gets me every time. Yeah, um... I I think some people had said that mo- that house wasn't too creepy. I'm like, are you in that house? Because I mean, there are some character bits that aren't super creepy, but there are plenty of creepy like yeah. scares in there. Um, especially w- any of the ones involving Poppy. Yeah. Um. Wait, Poppy. Who Poppy. the fuck is Poppy? The flapper girl. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember her name. I know Poppy is the name of your mom's dog. Fine, good? I'll double check it. I, I'm not sure, but anyways, we don't need a fact check, David. It's 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 fine. I was listening to you talk. All right, I mean, I don't have much to say. I was just going to, uh, Hill House is one of the, you know, a few horror shows that actually terrifies me. So walking through that house was a lot. Uh, it was like I was living it and that was even more scary. So Haunting of Hill House is uh, upsetting just to go through. Uh, I'm not a fan of the eerie feeling I get, but I mean, hey, that is the point of going to haunted houses. What? It is Poppy Hill. Okay, fucking whatever. You like, never said you were wrong. I was just like, is that her name? I was thinking, okay, well, then there you go. Uh, so, yeah, definitely a good year. Definitely a fun time. Can't wait for our RIP tour. And that's next week. Yep, next Friday Woo! we get to go. Uh, my, we'll report back in on that. My beloved mother is fronting us a private RIP tour for oh, the man. family. We're going to take my parents and my sister and my brother. Um, my sister has used to work at Halloween Horror. or She used to work at Universal in the summers. Mm. Um and she's always wanted to go, but she was only ever in town during the summers. And uh, she's 11 years older than me, so she's been waiting a long time to go. Well, it's her fault. She moved to fucking Canada. Don't move to Canada. God. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I got to tell a story behind this, though, because I think it's hilarious real quick. Oh, how wanna, we got uh, yeah. the RIP tour. So the RIP tour is like private RIP tour is like $3,000 plus that, or, you know, that was it was three grand, including the tickets for people that didn't have their tickets. Right. No, it was about four with that. Okay, so it's about three grand for the RIP tour plus tickets for, you know, your mom, your dad, sister, and brother, because me, you, and Will have passes. So you told mom it's about three grand plus the tickets, and you're like, she was like, how much are the tickets? And you were like, 300. She's like, oh, okay, cool. And then you told her the grand total of four grand. She's like, wait, I thought you said 300. And you're like, no. <laughs> no, we didn't. I told her it was 325 <laughs> for the tickets. I said, it's 
three and change for the um, tour, and then it's three twenty-five for the tickets. And she's like, "A piece?" I'm like, "No, all together." And she's like, "Oh yeah, okay." She's like, "Okay." And then I book it and I give her the total, and she's like, "And I was like, but don't worry, you did get a discount because I'm a pass holder." And she's like, "Oh my god, what?" And I was like. Ma'am, if you read the first half of the sentence, so, that's uh, where I said that. We kind of got, got that on a technicality. Because she didn't want me to reverse it. Yeah. Put the thing down, flip it, and reverse it. So we're very excited. <laughs> we're very um, excited to get it. My fr- parents haven't been since it was hosted over at IOA. Oh, um, that was like 2002, I think. Yeah, it's been Ish. a minute. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, we'll pour back in on that. Yeah, well, I'm really job, excited H-H-M. for my sister to get to experience it, and we get to experience it the bougie way. Yeah, we do. Front of the line access. Excuse me. Got and free a... snacks. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. We do get free. Oh, my God. If they have God. those mac and cheese triangles again, I'm oh, going to be really God. happy. I forgot about the free fucking food. Yeah, we get all those appetizers. We la, just have at to... La Bamba. Dad's like, do we have to pay for drinks? Yes. Yes, the drinks aren't free, too. I mean, I had to explain why it's so expensive. I'm like, because it's a private tour guide who walks you to the front of every house mm. as many times as you want. Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Riding that shit out till 2 a.m., doing every house 400 times. Got it. Cool. Delightful. Great. Uh, all right. Well, we should probably move on uh, to the two movies recently we've seen Candyman and Malignant. Uh, Candyman for me was way better than I ever thought it would be. Uh, kind of just had medium expectations and it completely blew blew me away like i don't know i just was not expecting it to be that good i was like just hooked from the beginning it's only an hour and a half so it's not too long um but yeah i i found it to be fantastic so yeah i like how they developed off of the old story without feeling like it was a uh, direct sequel they they did a really good job and it's always really hard to do with horror movies or really any movie to tie into the previous film without making it feel like you're either trying to copycat it or just ride off the coattails. Or you're just like, hey, look at all this stuff, like shoving stuff in like, people's faces. Like, look at all the references. Yeah. Um, they did it in a very subtle way, but also it was very apparent at the same time. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they, it's, they, it's very, they really didn't weird. hide the fact they were doing it, but the way they did it was in such a way that it it lent itself to the plot without feeling like it was carrying the plot on its own. Yeah, and it was really weird because it was presented that, you know, it's presented as a real story, but it's also... I don't know. You, you can look at this story from a bunch of different ways because it doesn't really entirely explain it. But I look at it as like this was kind of just a folklore tale that really wasn't true. And then, you know, the main guy, I can't remember his name, but he believed in it so much. He actually made it a reality. I don't know. Like there's so many ways you could look at this movie for what it is. And I just think I, don't know, I think it just did a very, very good job. Um, acting was amazing. The, the cinematography was fantastic. Score was unreal. Uh, we got to see it in Dolby as well, so that experience was even better. And um, yep. yeah, that's going to definitely be uh, on the top 10 list for me at the oh, end of absolutely. the year. Absolutely. So that's still in theaters. Go see that. And uh, so is Malignant. It's also on HBO Max. We had to watch it on HBO Max because we just couldn't get to the theater. We were seeing Shang-Chi in theaters, yeah. which also, side note, excellent. That was fantastic. That was Wildly another un- one that blew me away. Underrepresented. Um if they had done better trailers, honestly, I'm glad they didn't because then you didn't know what to expect out of the film. And I think that's why I wasn't super hyped because I saw the trailer and I'm like, cool, yeah, Marvel movie. I'm going to go see it. But I wasn't running out the door. And now I'm like, well, damn, 
I got to just have different expectations about movies because that one, just like Candyman, I was like, this was amazing. What the hell? Yeah. And, and part of me is actually like, well, I was disappointed they did that because they should have done better advertising for it at the lowest advertising bu- budget of any Marvel movie. At the same time, I was kind of happy about it because then it didn't spoil very much. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't. They, I think they only had one because sometimes they only had one trailer. Yeah. I was going to say sometimes, uh, you know, movies get multiple trailers that with different cuts and stuff like that. I only saw the one. So. You know, that's a good one as well. And um, but yeah, we watched Malignant at home. Oh my god, that movie was like a fucking fever dream. It was wild. so wild. It's like <laughs> it's like part supernatural, like part slasher. It's just it's fucking ridiculous. And there is a ridiculous twist. If you go back and listen to the episode at the beginning of the year, it, uh, my prediction was. Kind of right. Um, not fully, but what? I also made wild predictions, I sir. I, I don't care. I have to go back and I have to go. I'll have to go back and listen. But I know we both speculated funny things, like a funny thing that I thought it would be, um, and then something that we thought it could actually happen. It was kind of a, a kind of a mix up of both of our ideas. Some of it with some of the wild idea and some of the uh, you know base and reality idea. Honestly, what we need to do is when we're talking about new horror movies for the next year, we need to re-listen to the episode from the previous I year. I know, I know. And then discuss how close we were on our wild... Because, you know, most of the time, the, yeah, the, these movies get announced. There's a title and a director and or just a title, and you have nothing to go on. So it's always really fun for us to just wildly make assumptions about what the plot is based off title well yeah just the title malignant i was like all right i know where this is going and i saw the trailer and i'm like hmm that's not anything of what i said and then you watch the movie find out the twist and you're like but okay we were kind of right <laughs> I don't like a spoilers little what but um, no one's gonna remember what we said fair. from that's fucking fair. nine months ago but it was really fun um Will some of it hold up over time? Probably not. Oh, God, no. There's oh, some, God, there's some no. extremely um, loose CG going on in some of the scenes, which, I mean, looks cool now, but you can already see that you're like, in a few years, that CG is going to look well, wild yeah. as fuck. And also, that what happens with the main character and how they move, You, it's, yeah, it's it's not going to hold up. And I, even, even when I was watching it, I was like, that's kind of silly, but it was so fucking wild and ridiculous. They didn't, um, they didn't back down. They were like, now nah, we're doing this full tilt boogie. And I'll quote the article that you or the uh, review that you read. It was essentially something along the lines of after James Wan made uh, WB over a million, you know, over a billion dollars between Aquaman, the Conjuring universe and all that stuff. It's like uh, the, the boss of that company was like, here's your credit card, kid. Go fucking nuts. And just went crazy with it. It was so it kept literally every time you think you have this movie figured out, it's going to take a right turn every time. Yeah, that movie was wild. Yeah, it was a wild, fun movie. You you get like a little bit of everything. The like the camera work was on like some. Remember the over the top shot that they did? Yeah, that, that he was did. Cool. He did so many different styles of of like film, like shooting with the camera, and didn't overuse anything. It, it was honestly, I mean, I'm also a sucker for anything James Wan does. Um, so that probably has, you know, that probably is why I gave it s- such a high rating. I can't say what I rated it, obviously, because it's going to be in the top ten. For, for sure, it's another one. It's a one. secret. That's another one that'll be top 10. And I also really like the uh, not quite Wanda Sykes lady that was in there. It was like Wanda Sykes, if she, you know. Was smoked, in a drama? I was going to say smoked pot and wasn't all like, man, these motherfuckers. Like, you know, all that high whiny voice she has. Like, 
this is like her, it's like Wanda Sykes' cousin or something like that. And then there was someone else who looked like, oh, the lady who looked like uh, Angelina Jolie, vaguely. I think with the, was that the main character, the main lady? Yes. Yeah, so you have all these people that are like not quite this person. Um, and then fucking Zoe Bell shows up at one point and you're like, all right, Because okay. we're watching it and I'm looking at her and then I'm looking at her I'm like, <laughs> is, that, is that fucking Zoe <laughs> Bell? Is she just Bell. in this? And I'm like, I gotta look this up because it looks just yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah, except it's her with like some sort of crazy mullet situation, which I think was... Yeah, I mean, hey, she's whatever. Um, so that's a movie that happened. Oh my God. Uh, if you you have to see this movie, if you haven't already, go, go watch it on HBO Max. Uh, go watch it in theaters. It is a wild ride. I freaking love that movie. Definitely gonna own that one for... Sure. Is there anything else that we've watched that's new? I can't remember. No. Because we watched the first movie we're going to talk about like f- a fucking week ago at this point, and I can't remember a damn thing from this. So you got to take it away and knock it out of the park, lady. <laughs> oh, I, yikes. I don't okay. remember shit. No pressure. Okay. So the first movie up is a movie I picked because I own the book. I read like 10 pages of the book, and then I didn't finish reading it, but I was like, ah, watch the movie. <laughs> What a ringing endorsement there. <laughs> I have a short attention span sometimes. Some books I'll read all the way. Other books I'll like, I started it. That's enough. I have to listen to my books at this point. I can't focus. Hey, at least you're listening to them. What? Um, so Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, which is a little bit similar to the original title. <laughs> yeah. It's based off a, a little known book um, by Jane Austen called Pride and Prejudice. Wow. Um, they really, they really, you know, did a knocked it out of the park with that name. There's another one like this, but it's like something in Sea Monsters, and I can't remember what it is. Oh boy! Um, it's rated PG-13. It's a runtime of an hour and forty-eight minutes. Can you feel it? It's every minute. Action comedy fantasy, isn't it? Also considered a horror film. Not according to IMDb on uh, Letterboxd, it is. Okay, because I was gonna say yeah. I definitely checked that. Yeah, on uh, on IMDb, nope. And I wrote that down. I was like, what the hell, man? But yeah, it's got zombies in it. It's and a it, fucking horror movie. There's plenty of graphic violence. Yeah. I feel like I, horror should be in there. I, I don't know. IMDb is weird with the uh, description sometimes. That's why I always check Letterboxd. I'm like, as long as one app has horror, we're good to go. Um, it was released on February 5th, 2016, and is directed by Burr Steers. He primarily directs TV shows, and not very many of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? And not via yeah, 10 to be exact. Um, she so did it. Scroll up a little. Why up? Down, whatever. You know what I mean? Scroll. Okay. Starring Lily James as Elizabeth Bennett, she is most popularly known as Cinderella in Cinderella, the newer <laughs> Disney remake one, not any of the other ones. Not She's not Brandy, okay? Um, or Drew Barrymore. No, uh, she is not. She is not Drew Barrymore. Um, Sam Riley as Mr. Darcy. He was also in another Disney uh, live-action reimagining, Maleficent, as Diaval. I actually really liked him in that. Yeah, um, he's got that smoky, um, you know, demeanor about him. He's got that goth boy look. Yeah, there you go. That's what. There we go. Um, Douglas Booth as Mr. Bingley. He was also in Jupiter Ascending as Titus Abraxas. Um, Lena Headey as Catherine de Bur- uh, de Burg. And uh, she was also in Three Hundred as Queen. Gorgo. Yeah, the late, you know, fucking Leonidas's uh, wife. I didn't know that was her name. Really? Gorgo. I'm so surprised you didn't go with Cersei from fucking Game of Thrones. Nah, 300. This is Sparta. If you don't know who Lenny, Lena Hetty is, get your head out of your ass. Get your Hetty out of your ass. <laughs> yeah. And 
Matt Smith as Parson Collins. You probably know him as Doctor Who. And I'm sorry, everybody. Um, he's my favorite. But I still love Tenon a lot. And Eccleston. I'm sorry. Um, Alrighty then. Good to know. It's important information, okay? I don't want to be attacked. Uh, Too budget late. is $28 million And it made a startling $16.5 million. This is what you would uh, call a flop. This is what we would call not getting that sequel it tried to imply would happen. Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies 2. Two Pride, Two Prejudice, Two Zombies. <laughs> um, movies that came out around the same time. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is why this did so poorly, because all these are pretty much bangers. Uh, Deathgasm. That's that a, a great. A, uh, I think that was straight to VOD. Yeah. Uh, Friend Request, The Fifth Wave, Kung Fu Panda 3. Zoolander 2, that was an unfortunate film. Uh, Deadpool, Zootopia, and is that The Vich? The Vivich. The Vivich. Yeah, so I mean, Zootopia made like a billion dollars. Deadpool made like a billion dollars. Kung Fu Panda made a lot. So going up against all of these, that's no wonder. I hadn't even fucking heard about it until you mentioned it. I'm like, the hell is this shit? Yeah, that actually explains a lot because you know what? Come to think of it, I was in... Korea at the time, which is probably why I didn't see this in theaters, because yeah. I, saw, I saw Zootopia. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, going up against Deadpool and Zootopia, and I mean, even Zoolander 2, just because of, I'm sure or a lot Kung of people... Kung Fu Panda 3. Well, I'm sure a lot of people saw Zoolander 2 for, you know, like, nostalgia. Like, oh, it's been, like, you know, however many years. But yeah, going up against Deadpool and Zootopia, good fucking luck, bro. Yeah. You ain't going to win. So... Okay, so, into the film. This film actually starts at the what? Specific horror moments. I was going to get there. Okie dokie. We're going to get to that after I explain. Okie dokie. <coughs> My voice got really squeaky there. <laughs> okay, so this one starts different, so I was already immediately confused. Um, it starts with Mr. Darcy uh, and his uh, sad boy ways. Um <laughs> Riding up on horseback to get into this house, which he has to get into via tunnels. He is checked for any bites. Um, then an old man makes a extremely inappropriate comment about the smoothness of his body. And Mr. Darcy's like, pardon? And he's like, what? Huh? Do what? And like, that was a weird thing you did there. Weird move, guys. What did he? Oh. The, the old man in the beginning, the doctor, made the weirdly sexual comment to Mr. Yeah, Darcy, yeah. which felt wildly out of place. I'm like, okay, bro. Because nothing so... remotely similar happens in the rest <laughs> of the film. Um, So Mr. Darcy has come to a house where people are waiting out a zombie apocalypse. And he has had reports that someone has been bitten. And the... Mistress of the house says, no, nothing like that's happened. And he pulls out this vial and she's like, what are those? And he goes, they're flies and they're one, they're good at one thing and it's finding dead flesh. So he releases them into the room and everyone's really tense while they're kind of just chatting away. And he, uh, locates the zombie and gooshes that guy. Gooshes that guy. I love when you use that. You don't ever use that. And you do. And it just gets me every time. <laughs> Goose. Um, and then he says, is there anybody else in the house that was related to him that could have possibly been infected? And they say no. But then when he goes to um, look around the house, he finds more zombies. And then it cuts into this explanation that um, when people went overseas in ships, they brought back many things with them. And one of them was the zombie plague, which they coincidentally blamed the French for. Um 
And this starts a plague to the point where the city of London, all the bridges are detonated except for one. There is a giant moat built around it and then there is a giant wall built around it and there is a space between where the moat is and where the um town where london is and the wall is called the uh i think it's the dead zone or something like that i don't know um it's just this like no man's land let's call it that it's pretty much no man's land is that can i add something real quick yes I wanted. Sorry, it's, I I thought it's funny that you mentioned that they. I didn't know that they blamed the zombie thing on the French. Yeah. Because the, this is trivia, but it's really kind of just important to just talk about this now, real quick. Um, because apparently this is an alt. It's it's this is considered alternate history, and the uh, point of the divergence comes in the 18th century when the arrival of the with uh, the arrival of the zombies. It is implied that the French Revolution and the Napole- Napoleonic Wars never happened because the zombie war took up all of Europe's uh, martial resources. So it's funny that they blame it on the French because, and I guess the regular Pride and Prejudice, there's like a war that happens. I've never seen it, so I don't know. I guess there's like there's a... There's not pre- really like a war. There, there's not a lot of discussion about the war, but like Mr. Okay. Wickham comes yeah. in and he's a soldier and like the soldiers uh, okay. are in town and stuff like that. So it's okay. kind of like in the background. Um, okay. That's still pretty cool whereas, though. That kind of just subbed in the wars for zombies. Yeah, whereas this, um, instead of the there just being some men who get a um, a military, uh, can't think of the word I want. Um, We're real bad with the words today. No, it's it's a uh, commission. No, I commission. I'm like I don't know. I've... Um, they get they tend to get commissions for that kind of thing, um, or um, for being a um, like a preacher. Uh. Um, so in this one, all the men seem to be in some form of military. And while they're explaining about the whole um, issue with the zombies and everything, everyone's talking about, like, you, you see how um, the Bennett's home is surrounded by water and people have to tra- travel very carefully. And they talk about how the wealthy studied um, the uh, art of fighting in Japan and the um, the why studied the art of fighting in China and it is established that the Bennett, all five Bennett girls um, have studied um, Chinese fighting. Hmm. I don't remember exactly which style of fighting it was, but it was Chinese. There's a lot of, of martial arts, man. Yeah. There's so, a lot. One of them. Um, their father has decided that instead of being useless girls, they will be trained in the art of, war and combat um so that they can defend themselves which i like is kind of like a you know they're i'm not gonna be able to protect them because he's an older man and he's got five girls and he's like i'm gonna make sure my girls can do can protect themselves which i like um so then it kind of what are you what are you looking at i can hear her chewing on her foot uh kind of tools back into the original story where the mother announces to the girls while they're cleaning their weapons that um, a Mr. Bingley has um, bought one of the larger or has moved into one of the larger estates and he will be at this um, community ball that is going to be taking place and she wants all of her girls to go despite Mr. Bennett's protests because of zombies. Um, You know. 
That old chestnut. Yeah, he doesn't want them to go because there might be a zombie outbreak. I personally agree with this feeling. Um, but she wants them to go so that way that he might fall in love. Um, Mr. Bingley may fall in love and marry one of them. It, okay, it's really weird how that's how that shit works back in the day. You you go to a family. I'd like to court your daughter. And they're like, it's been five days. They haven't been married yet. Oh, and it's like, God, is that how that shit? Just, I like you and you. I like you. I marry We've you We've talked tomorrow. three times that. That yeah. ought to do it. It's just the, the, how, how they did that shit back then is, is wild. I can't imagine that. I mean, it's even crazier because you have to consider the fact that in some instances, you were not allowed to be anywhere without a chaperone. And if you were somewhere without a chaperone, your reputation was immediately ruined because you were probably banging every dude in the vicinity if you were talking to one guy without a chaperone present. So Shit has changed, let me tell you. You could have been <laughs> kissing what whore didn't you say something about that too um then then didn't they like start making out at one point and you're like that would be wildly inappropriate for this time oh, at the was... end or whatever when they start making out two people start kissing and you're like that's so inappropriate for this time period oh yeah no um if you sorry it's pride and prejudice so you know how the freaking story ends um <laughs> i mean I i'm just not going to spoil the zombie the pride prejudice and zombie differentiation there i'm just gonna spoil a movie i haven't seen you're gonna watch pride and prejudice no yeah, I didn't think you were. Um, but eventually, Miss um, Bennett and Mr. Darcy do get married. And yeah, in the Kira Knightley version, he doesn't kiss her to literally the last second of the film. And it's this whole tension of like, oh my God, is he going to Are kiss they her? kissing in public? No, they were kissing in private. It was like a whole tense moment. Oh. And then this, they're like full on tongue in each other. And you're like, Wow. That is a lot of kissing. We're in like, this is the time period where ha- holding hands would be scandalous. So like full on Frenching your wife in front of a bunch of people would be fucking wild. Zombies are also wild too. So I'll let it slide. Yeah. So um, <laughs> they've been through a lot. I guess we're just a little looser on the times. Uh, so yeah, it's fine. Um, they go to the party. Um, classic Pride and Prejudice uh, hijinks ensue. Um, wherein they go there. Mr. Bingley comes in with his sister or his two sisters and um, his extremely crotchety friend, Mr. Darcy, who we have already met. Um, And then, of course, Mr. Bingley falls immediately in love with Jane, like looks at her. It's like freaking laser vision. He's like, bam, that's the girl. He's like, can we dance forever, (laughs) forever and And ever? Um, Jane is very shy, but she's like, yes, we can dance. And then, uh, well, Mr. Bingley later on is talking to Mr. Darcy. He's like, oh, um, some of her other sisters were pretty. Why don't you dance with one of them? And he's like, yeah, they're barely tolerable. Freaking Elizabeth Bennett standing right there. Just like, who's the one, cool. who's the one that they keep saying you're, you're, you're not as fair as this one. She gets shit on the whole fucking movie. Who, which one was that? That's Elizabeth. That's yeah. the main character. The That's number of so- times they're like. How to yeah. be a main character. Uh, your sister. Well, I mean, they kind of imply it that in, in the original story that Jane is the most beautiful and then Elizabeth is beautiful too, but her other sisters are much younger. Because um, damn, I think her younger sister, her youngest sister is like 14. Mm, okay. Um, but they're all out in society. Wild shit. Yeah. Um, it'd be like that, you know. So they're like, yeah, she's also pretty just. Not as pretty as Jane. This version, they are way less... Oh, my God. Like, they just lay into it. It's fucking hilarious. I know if you're hilarious. standing next to Jane, she looks like a truckosaurus, but, like, 
if you just don't look at Jane, I she's still not think, bad. I, still think yeah, I, I don't know. I, they were both, I was they're say, both they're, pretty. They're both pretty. They're both wildly beautiful, but it's just funny how they're like, oh, you know, you're not as fair as your sister. And you're like, thanks again. It's and I don't fine. know if this is original to the story, but I know in most um, adaptations, uh, Jane is also blonde hmm. and Elizabeth is uh, Lizzie is brunette. And I don't know if that plays into it because obviously blondes would be more sought after um, because they're fairer. Um, You've got lighter okay. hair. Good for you. Look, you know how tans are popular now and they're like, oh, you're fancy if you have the time to go tan. Mm-hmm. Paleness was popular back then because that means you weren't outside. You were sitting your ass inside and you didn't have to work outside, so, which okay. is why your skin was so fair. Counterpoint. If that was considered the thing, why was no one interested in redheads? Because those are the fairest people. Oh, because witches. Yeah. They were so I don't rare. see the problem. Witches. Huh. Yeah. Well, that just doesn't make so, sense. You're too fair. Witch. Now, blonde and pale. Hello. No, no. Give me, um, uh, give me a redhead pale girl. That's fine. I'll, I'll, that's really? Fine. A redhead pale girl. That's who you want? Yeah. I'm saying for the, you know, for the time. For something to throw. Don't throw anything at me. Um, okay, so back to the story. Uh, the ball continues as usual, and Elizabeth, having been thoroughly roasted by Mr. Darcy with a... Burn. Boom, oh roasted. Oh, my God. The, the number of times they burn each other. Oh, just God. Like, it's, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so she goes outside, and she is talking about what a douche canoe Mr. Darcy is, and she and some lady behind him or behind her that she hasn't turned around to talk to is also like saying, yeah, I met him once and I found him very unpleasant. And she turns around and it's the mistress of the house from the beginning of the film. And she is a zombie and something that they have expressed in this story that zombies aren't altogether changed once they eat human flesh, once they eat brains. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah, It's the more brains they eat, the less human they become. So that's how they're able to hide detection for so long. Um, so this lady is out there. Uh, Lizzie is about ready to strike when Mr. Darcy gooshes that lady. And, um, then they have a, well, I had it. Well, yeah, well, I saved your life. So you're welcome. I didn't need your help moment. You know, like you do. With like the, you do. Yeah. With the girl you're crushing on. Let's not lie. Mr. Darcy. Come on. Um, so it turns into a whole zombie outbreak at the party. They go running off, um, and the sisters break into what is a really spectacular fighting circle formation, and the guys just kind of watch as the uh, Bennett sisters clean house. Yeah, that was Um, pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty spectacular. And uh, yeah, then they kind of cut forward a little bit to where Jane has received an offer to go to have tea with Mr. Bingley's sisters, um, but not Mr. Bingley because he was out of town. Hunting or something. He might have been in the military. You know, doing stuff that men do back. Manly things. Men. Um, and so her mom, and this does in fact happen in the book too, uh, makes her take a horse as opposed to a carriage because it's going to rain. And if it rains, then she'll just have to stay there. So in the original story, she gets caught in the rain and then catches a cold. Well, in this version on the way, um, her horse throws her off and she, um, runs into a zombie that she immediately kills. And then she sees a zombie holding a zombie baby in the distance. And then it cuts to her being sick in bed. And 
No one is sure if she's been bitten or if she's just sick from being out in the rain. Maybe she's faking it. That might be. <laughs> um, so when Mr. Darcy prepares to uh, totally murderate Jane um, because she has a cold, uh, Lizzie comes to her sister's rescue and comes to check on her and make sure nothing happens to her. And her gun has actually kicked back and that is the injury on her hand. Mm. But Mr. Darcy attempts to reutilize his flies, um, which Lizzie catches all of them in the air and then crushes them and hands them back to him. He's like, these are yours. Motherfucker. Like, I like those flies. That was actually a really cool part of that movie with the whole releasing the flies to find the dead flesh. That was really cool. And then she killed him. And I was like, those were cool though. He probably can't get more of those. Yeah. That's not your common house fly. Those are ninja flies. <laughs> ninja flies. So while this is all going down, the Bennett's cousin, um, Mr. Collins, or Parson Collins, comes to town. And um, definitely one of my favorite iterations of him, Matt Smith. It was uh, That was pretty fun. Um, he has come to town because he will inherit the Bennett estate because his... Um, because in that time period, all that stuff has to pass on to a male heir, and he's the closest relative that's male. So he's decided he's come to town to see if he wants to marry one of those sisters. Ew. Because seriously, they're cousins. Um, what? I'm not going to say. I mean, if you believe in Christianity, we're all fucking related. So, I mean. You make a good point. <sighs> Technically, no matter what, we're all related. Yeah, um, so, well, you know. So, Still don't approve of it because, you know, like... <laughs> They're a little too closely related. I'm not, you, know, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not saying that's a good thing to do, but, uh, you know. Yeah, so immediately he uh, tries to hit on Jane and, um, well, tries to uh, propose to Jane and the, the mom's like, no, she's probably going to marry Mr. Bingley. Like, she is spoken any for. Any day now, um, he's going to propose. And he's like, oh. Take the ugly one, damn it. Oh, my God, though. His face, though, the look of disappointment. He's like, oh, well, damn. damn. Guess I'll um, have to settle. Uh, is that, is that other, is option B available? I, I guess. Who's it, the other wench over there? And, uh, the mom's like, yeah, she's totally available. And Lizzie's like, F- what? Hello? Uh, no, I'm not. Don't want to be available. And then immediately has to fight him off. Um, and just like fend off all of his advances. He ends up getting married to her BFF, much to, uh, her disappointment. Um, and while all of this is going down, uh, Mr. Darcy hears Miss um, Bennett at a party speaking on how she wants all of her daughters to marry wealthy. And so he uses this to convince Mr. Bingley, his BFF, to leave town and ditch Jane because he thinks that Jane is uh, the family's only in it for the money and does not actually care about Mr. Bingley. So they all kind of converge. Do you want me to speed it up a little? No, we're, yeah, we're just kind of running out of time. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> there's a lot of story. I, I, I didn't think you were going to go this deep into it, honestly. <laughs> not, not that it's a problem. I just, yeah, we, we do need to move on here like in like a, like a minute or two. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> speed run. While all this is happening, Lizzie meets a guy named Mr. Wickham. He, in the original story, is part of the military, and he and Mr. Darcy clearly have issues because they're making dagger eyes at each other the whole time. And, um, but he's always flirting with Lizzie and this, it's a little, um, less subtle and a little more like, well, he can go fuck himself. I'll be here. Um, whereas Mr. Wickham in the story tries to, in the original story does try to avoid Mr. Darcy a lot. So Mr. Wickham, however, takes a Lizzie on a trip like alone, which I found extremely random in this story where he shows her this church 
where all these zombies are congregating and they're eating pigs to survive. And he is trying to use this to um, get Lizzie to help him get access um, to someone who can help him stop the war by showing that um, zombies with the right leadership and the right food source could live in harmony with people, which no. <laughs> so Psych. Lizzie goes to visit her BFF and Mr. Collins um, and they are um, they are living on the estate of Lady Catherine. He is the parson at Lady Catherine's estate, which is apparently the most fortified place in this story. She is not an old lady. She is an older woman who is also like one of the best fighters ever, has the most fortified place in all of um, England outside of um, the palace. Um, <laughs> sorry. So they all go there. Lizzie gets Wickham an audience. Um, they kind of brush him off. Darcy explains to Lizzie that he doesn't like Wickham because Wickham not only tried to marry his little sister, but also kept trying to rip him off for money. Um, he also tries to propose to Lizzie. And instead of that happening, um, she basically yells at him for breaking up her sister's happiness with Mr. Bingley. And then they get into a fist fight, which is actually really funny because you always kind of see that she would love to punch him in the face and all the other adaptions adaptations. Um, so that, so actually seeing her just start whipping shit at his head is really funny. Um, from this point, it's a whole, uh, it's Wickham has taken, uh, has run off. He has bumped into Lizzie's younger sister, um, Kitty, and has run off with her to the dead zone. And they have to save her before it's too late. Because they're going to blow the bridge and just like abandon the whole city and it's a whole shit show. But I'm going to leave it there where they are like pressed for time trying to save Kitty from Mr. Wickham. Like in the original, except this time it's more like kidnap and less like elopement. Hey, pressed for time, just like us. That's not even really a joke. Um, Yeah, so I did like the, I really like the intro to this movie with the uh, kind of puppet pop-up book thing. Oh, yeah, that was That fun. was really cool. There's a really cool slow-mo scene at the beginning with the fighting. There's some pretty good gore. Uh, Myth Mrs. Featherstone's death, I think, scared the ever-loving fuck out of me because she, yeah. she just gets gooshed in the head. Like, it's a quiet scene, and all of a sudden, she's like, and her head explodes, and I, I, I literally almost got scared out of my shoes. Um, just too long for me. It was just too fucking long. The, the points in between all the action was just so drawn out, but then I was like, oh, that's right. It is Pride and Prejudice, so they also had to throw that in there. So it made sense, but chop off 20 minutes, call it a day, 128, because 150 was too fucking long for that shit. Honestly, I could have probably done without the Wickham uh, zombie um, harmony subplot. Yeah. I feel like that would have cut off some time. It didn't really add anything to the story, except it was extremely weird because Lizzie didn't really seem into Mr. Wickham as much in this story, and also... It was like, but why would you tell her specifically? It just, it didn't quite mesh yeah. with the rest of the story. But I mean, I still had fun with it. I still thought it was a good time. Um, obviously nothing like, I think this was like the, you know, like a showstopper, but it was, it was fun and entertaining and it was really funny. Like the humor was there. Like the humor was, was quite good. Matt Smith, 
And the dude who played Darcy, whatever your fucking name was. What was your name, Mr. Darcy? Sam Riley. Sam Riley. Uh, yeah, they were great. And then Matt yeah, Smith so. was hilarious. Yeah, so I definitely enjoyed it for sure. Um, do you want to read some of this awesome trivia, except for the last part? Okay. Uh, Lily James had a scene where she had to walk through an area with zombie heads all around. Most of them were fake props, and she was directed to stomp on one. The fake heads were able to be squished. However, she stomped and realized everyone behind the cameras were all staring in shock. She looked down and realized she'd stepped on a few of the extras' heads. So, thanks for that, uh, Lily James. Ow! Um, someone should have specified. Uh, many of Lizzie's lines in her scenes with Mr. Collins had to be cut as Lily James kept bursting out laughing with Matt Smith's delivery. Fair. Mr. Collins is always a pretty funny character because of how like ridiculous he is. That's, that's um, fair, yeah. But Matt Smith was really amusing. Um, Natalie Portman was originally cast as Elizabeth Bennett, but dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Scarlett Johansson, Anne Hathaway, Emma Stone, Mia Wasikowska. Yeah, was Wasikowski. Rooney Mara, Mila Kunis, and Blake Lively were considered to replace her before Lily James was finally cast. Portman remained on board as a producer. That's why, because I saw Natalie Portman as producer. I'm like, what the fuck? And oh, okay, well, then that's probably why. And at one point, Jennifer Aniston and Rowan Atkinson were attached to Star. I need that one. I need that one. I need, I need that one where they're attached to this movie. Because <laughs> yeah. that would have been ridiculous. It's funny because there were plenty of actors where like, oh, I've seen you and stuff, but I can only imagine uh, what it would have looked like with the um, bigger yeah. stars. So, because I've seen Lily James in a few things, but she's not, she's more like a B-list. Yeah. So, um, it has a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb and a 2.6 on Letterboxd. I feel like, like, that's a little low for it. Not it's like a little super low. low for I, I would it. say like a 2.8, I gave it a 3, so I'd say like 2.9 max for that one. Because like yeah. I said, it was good, but it's also probably getting a lot of hate because of what you said about how... People who like Pride and Prejudice really, really like that movie. That's and since they're kind of fucking with the story that, you know, that might kind of, um, you know, throw people off. So, I mean, that's probably why. Because, yeah, I mean, it had good production quality, you know, good acting, fun story. I mean, everything about it was good, but like, you know, it just wasn't something that was like, oh, my God, I have to rewatch this immediately. Look, there's the BBC version and the Kira Knightley version. And there are two like either you like one more than the other. But there's like a whole thing with the Kira Knightley one where people will just talk about the hand flex scene. That's how serious people are into it. Well, there's a that's, hand yeah. flex scene that gets everybody talking. Well, all right. Just like, that's that's it. That's hmm. it. That's it. Probably never watched that movie. Anyways. That's really good. Moving on. Because we got to speed run through this shit, which is fine because this one was weird anyways and I don't have too much to say about it. Uh some thoughts and feelings. I mean, I have thoughts and feelings, but I don't have Mostly a lot to say. Mostly related to the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I have so many questions. So this is Ravenous. Uh, rated R with a runtime of an hour and 41 minutes, released on March 19th, 1999. I think that's wrong. I thought it was 1998. Let me double check. Ravenous. Ooh, my stomach is growling. No, 1999. I did have a right. You just ate dinner. I know. My stomach is upset. There's another reason why we got to speed run through this. Anyways, uh, listed as an action comedy horror, which makes sense after we watched it because we were watching it. Like, is this supposed to be funny? Yes. Starring Guy Pierce as Captain John Boyd. You might know him from a little movie called Memento, where he played Leonard Robert Carlyle as Colonel Ives. Uh, slash, oh, I can't really say that. Never mind. So just, I'll just say Colonel Ives. 
Uh, he was also in the Full Monty as Gaz, David Arquette as uh, Private Cleves, you know, Scream movies, Eight Legged Freaks, Ready to Rumble, C Spot Run. They're just little minor roles this man's had. I like had. he got extras. David Arquette is a national treasure and I'm needs to be protected at all costs, just like fucking uh, Nicolas Cage, okay? Protected at all costs. Okay. National treasure. I uh, uh, already said that. Um, and Jeremy Davies as Private Toofler. He was also in Saving Private Ryan as corp- Corporal Ump Umpum. Is that the guy we saw? I don't know. That's uh, not the guy we saw? I don't know. Oh, that guy. Yes, probably. Yeah, we saw him at a pizza place in New York once. It scared the hell out of me because I was like, I know your face. I know your stone cold killer. And he or- looks exactly the same in person as he does in all his like movies. Oh, no, that's stuff. Neil McDonough. Oh, Sorry. Yeah, Neil McDonough. Yeah, we saw him in a pizza place, and you were starstruck. You're just staring at him, and I look at you, and I'm like, Hel- "Babe, hello." And you don't answer. I'm like, "Hello." You're like, "He's a famous person," and I'm no. like, "Keep it on the download." Jesus. What was great was I was starting to like quietly say to you because you were standing next to me. I'm like, "He's," uh, I was like, "That guy," and I turned over. And he's standing next to me. I'm like, "Shit." Okay, I'm going to tell you in a minute. Yeah, he's got those ice blue eyes with that blonde hair. hair. Yeah, uh, he's been in some Marvel stuff here and there. Yeah, but Um, it was, uh, we saw him in person. Yeah, yeah, in New York. That was the first thing we did when we got to New York on that trip, too. We walked into that pizza place. I'm like, this is such a weird thing that's happening to me right now. Movie stars everywhere. Um, Yeah, so that was kind of fun seeing him in real life. He's a... Dude, that's a fucking good looking dude right there, man. For real, though. <laughs> that is, that is an he doesn't look like he's aged at all no. since this movie. I mean, that's what Hollywood will do for you. Or New York, I guess. Um, the budget on this was $12 million And another winner here, because this made $2.1 million, So this is, again, what you'd call a flop. Movies that came out around the same time. We have Office Space, 8mm 2, Analyze This, Cruel Intentions, Baby Geniuses. Oh, boy. The Rage, Carrie 2, The King and I, Ed TV, The Out of Towners, Never Been Kissed, and Life. Ah, what? That must be the animated King and I. I don't know. Um, yeah, so let's get on to this plot here because this is friggin' a weird movie. Uh, it has great reviews, and I honestly am not really entirely sure how that happened. So it starts off with uh, John Boyd, you know, played by uh, Guy Pierce. And he gets a promotion after defeating the enemy command in the Battle of the Mexican-American War. But the general realizes that it was kind of an act of cowardice that got him there. And he is backhanded a promotion to Fort Spencer, where he is third in command. And Fort Spencer is this little tiny base with like eight people there, including two natives and one overly medicated private, played by David Arquette. And... uh, we see him having a whole bunch of flashbacks to like the same moment where he and his squadron got attacked. He plays dead and manages to escape. But, you know, I feel like there's something they weren't telling us right up front. Uh, and then one night at Fort Spencer, a straggler shows up who appears to be on the verge of death. The men bring him inside, clean him up, put him next to the fire. And eventually he wakes up and is kind of shocked to hear where he is and claims it's been three months since he last had food. And everyone's like, how, how has it been three months since you've last had food? Well, he tells them a story. Well, no, he said food. He's like, I said food, not like something. What did he say there? When he was the, oh, the, we the, said we ran out of food. I yeah, didn't he, say oh, yeah. we didn't eat. There we go. Yeah, he said, yeah, we ran out of food. I didn't say we didn't eat. So uh, he and six other people were going through the the Nevadas, and it was a very rough trip um, because they got hit with a storm. The storm just did not subside, so they were stuck in this cave, and uh, the trail became impassable because of the storm. And they went through all of their food, all their cat, like all their horses. They had cows they went through. And you did point out a pretty interesting fact that 
average horse weighs about like 1200 pounds. Uh, they're between like, like five and And oxes would be more than that. Yeah. So they, they would have had like thousands of pounds of meat, which would have lasted them for a while. Um, they, they would have not blo- like blown through that so quickly, but nonetheless, they, they go through all their cattle, all the animals they have with them. They even started eating clothes at one point and eventually they eat a person. And, um, ooh, excuse me. After the, after the crew, whatever you want to call them, the little, the little gaggle of people that were with the party, the party. There we go. Yeah, that's, that's right. Cause this is loosely based on the Donner party. Real loose. Like you mean they just ate each other up. Uh, which is funny because that, you know, I didn't know what that was in the shining. And now I know because of this, I mean, he also explains it, I think in the shining, but I was never really paying attention at that point just for when Danny says that part. Um, so yeah, after they ate that person, their hunger became insatiable. And it was, I told you when we were watching this, it reminded me of the episode of Sunday in Philadelphia where Charlie and, uh, D eat that meat in Frank's freezer, which is raccoon raccoon meat, but he tells them it's human meat and they become all crazy with hunger for that meat. So it kind of hits the fan there with, uh, them just starting to eat people because Calhoun eats three other people before he flees, leaving two of them in the cave. Um, so after they hear news of this, after he tells them the story, five of the men from Fort Spencer decide to trek out with Calhoun to see if they can rescue them, see what's going on. Um, oh, excuse me. Almost immediately, one jackass falls down the side of this rocky cliff. Remember that scene? Just like, he's like, oh, look what I found. <laughs> falls down these jagged rocks. And I'm like, bro. Yeah, that's the guy who I was like, gosh, he looks familiar. And he's just one of the random guys in the crew in Twister. Oh, yeah. So he falls down the, he falls down the side of the cliff. Where the hell was I? And he gets a huge gash in his side, obviously, because jagged rocks. And, uh. That night when everyone's sleeping, the man who got the gash in his side uh, accuses Calhoun of licking him, which is quite odd. Uh, It's a really weird accusation. And Calhoun claims he was having this nightmare and woke up licking the other man's wound. And Calhoun insists that they restrain him so that way nothing happens. And you're like, okay, this is getting pretty suspicious. I, too, sometimes fall asleep and then wake up licking people. Licking people's wounds. It's not weird, okay? It's not weird at all. totally natural thing. (laughs) Uh, they make it to the cave pretty quick, which is weird because this is about an hour 40 and the, the, the movie moves pretty quickly for like the first, I'd say 30, 40 minutes. Um, they make it to the cave. Don't find anybody there. Uh, and the, while they're searching around, they find more than three bodies and realize that Calhoun ate every single person there and that this is a trap because Calhoun goes over to, he starts, what was he doing? He was doing like this weird, like thing towards the guy and the guy's just standing there like he's like he's like eh, like eh, he's like kind of pointing at him but like making claws at him yeah he's like he's, he's like of... it's like kitty paws she's like yeah it was weird and the guy's just standing there like an idiot not doing anything and yeah. then he eventually goes over to this spot where he starts uncovering something and it's a knife so you realize okay this is just a this is just a, like a trap and he goes over and starts just killing everybody. And what kills me about the guy that was there watching him do all this is that he's just standing there watching him do it. Doesn't run away. Doesn't yell for help. Doesn't shoot him with the fucking gun that he had. Doesn't he have a gun or something? He's literally holding a rifle. Yeah. And um, like, what are you doing? Do something. Protect yourself, you fucking weirdo. I find weirdo. it confusing that he had time to dig a hole. I know. Get a weapon and get at them, and, like, everybody's standing in clear eye shot, and he's acting wild, and they're watching him. No, it was just the one guy, because remember, everybody else is in the cave. No, because uh, the, um... Or there was two people in the cave, and then two people outside with him. 
Yeah, and they were kind of watching him, but they were watching the cave. So when they start yelling from inside the cave, they like turn focus, but apparently they can't hear or they're not keeping an eye on the guy who's doing a bunch of weird shit off to the side. Like, I'd be keeping an eye on crazy. Yeah. um, So he manages to pretty much kill everyone uh, except for Boyd, who manages to shoot Calhoun. But Calhoun miraculously rises like he wasn't just shot and then corners Boyd. And uh, Boyd decides to just yeet himself off this cliff. Somehow manages to like hit a tree and just ping pong down the branches to the to the ground floor. And along the way, he runs into one of the other guys that got yeeted off the cliff earlier when Calhoun was going crazy. And it's the guy that we met, Neil McDonough. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of comes back to life, too, for a second, uh, which is weird. I don't know what happened there. Um, Really don't know why he like kind of sprung to life for a second. And then... um, well, he hadn't quite died yet. Oh, okay. So then that's what it was. So yeah, yeah. Somehow Boyd survives the fall, uh, but he does manage to break his leg. So he kind of just hides there trying to avoid Calhoun, who is now coming down the mountainside to come and kill him. Um, and he Boyd stays there for an undetermined amount of time because his leg is broken and he can't move. So he's trying to heal up for a little bit and, uh, you know, get get his ass back home. And meanwhile, back at Fort Spencer, the remaining people are kind of getting suspicious that no one's come back yet. Um, They should have been back by now, and they're kind of watching the horizon. And then, uh, like I said, after an indeterminate amount of time, Boyd goes a little nuts, and it appears he eats uh, the man he ran into, but it's not really shown. It just shows him cutting into the flesh. It doesn't actually show him eat it, so you don't really know at this point if he does. And then, I guess that rejuvenated him, and he finds... Just enough. Yeah, rejuvenated him just enough to, which actually comes into play later, uh, to to trek back to Fort Spencer, and uh, you know go go back and pretty much tell hey, everyone's dead. Calhoun's crazy, but then a couple again, sometime later, a bunch of blue coats ride into Fort Spencer because everyone's in blue coats. I don't know, was that the sort the north or the south? I don't know. Whoever um, they were, it's the Mexican American War, so it's just America. Hmm. But they're in, where are they? I thought they, I thought they weren't. They're in California, though, right? Yeah, but it's. I guess California does connect to Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a here's my here's my sign. Um, I'm just an idiot. Don't don't mind me. So yeah, blue coats right in to to the Fort Spencer, and one of them is Calhoun. Question mark. Don't know what the fuck's going on. He's in a suit and he's got his hair done differently. He's part of this fucking ragtag group of people, and that's where I'll leave it because you're like, how hello. I, you just ate all of my friends and stabbed them and killed them, and now you're part of the war? All right. So, I don't know, man. This is a weird movie. It really was. Um, I don't. I really don't think it's deserving of the rating it has. Unless, uh, maybe I missed something. I mean, the story itself is quite cool, and it's entertaining, and I like the acting, but I, I could not get past the fucking Fever Dream score. What was going on with that score? Um, yeah, so the <laughs> score was done by uh, Damien Albarn. I don't know. Who made Gorillaz, um, the super popular band. And this is the only movie he scored. Which and, is probably for um, the best. For the best. No because offense, it definitely dude. sounded like the makings of one of the weirder Gorilla songs. And I personally love Gorillaz. But this did, like, at first I'm like, what the fuck's going on with this? I said that 
four minutes into the movie, yeah. I was like, what's going on with the score? And you're like, it's not so bad. But then it just started getting progressively weirder. Like there was like when they're getting chased through the woods by him and it, it was this tense music. And then it switched over to some banjo music. And you're like, what the, the fuck? That's what I was going to say. That was the most jarring part because it's very good, like orchestral music and they're running through the woods and it's like ding, 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 diddly, 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 ding, diddly. And you're like, yeah, what the fuck? Okay. And then it switches back to the very tense music and it goes back to like the country. Diddly, diddly. I'm like, what are we going here like for? Some bluegrass yeah. transition. And then there was like weird sound <laughs> effects throughout the movie that didn't quite yeah. make sense. And you're like, it's like somebody got a sound effects keyboard and then just went ham, but they were only allowed to do it every so often. So they're like, I'm going to use this button now. Yeah. It's like they, that was their first time using a Casio or something. I don't know what's going on. It was wild. It was terrible. It was extremely distracting. It, it, that's what I'm saying. And that's why, you, you know, uh, score aside, the movie was good and I liked the story and the great acting and it was very engaging, but you, you can't give me a score like that with a movie like with, with what you gave me on screen because A, it doesn't match. Uh, I'm completely confused. Yeah, and it takes you, it completely just takes me out of the movie because you got a weird score that doesn't match up to what's happening on screen. It's not going to work. I was into the chase scene until it went full banjo or whatever it was and I'm like, now this is just a comedy. I was like, the Duke boys are at it again because that's exactly what it sounded like. Yeah, if they had changed so. the score to something else, that would have been good. And did we uh, just get a, did I get a weird version where someone overlaid this acid trip we soundtrack? Could only imagine. Golly, did I switch the audio or something? It was it was just not good. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> I've never been like so involved or so like engaged in watching a movie, but also so taken back by man, I can't even get into this as much as I want to because of this fucking again acid trip. It's like someone did a bunch of drugs, like a bunch of cocaine. We're like, this is going to fucking work. No. Yeah. My, it didn't, man. It did not. The only thing I really liked about it, which I mentioned to you, is Robert uh, Carlyle um, is also Rumpelstiltskin in Once Upon a Time. Oh, I know. You mentioned about seven times when we were, times, yeah, yeah. We were watching uh, Well, I just recently watched through the series. So. Oh, no, I know. That's that's fair. I understand but, why you were mentioning it. It was just funny. You're like, that's Rumpelstiltskin. I'm like, yeah, okay. Great. Yeah. So, um, the character he played had some very similar aspects to where like he was um, devious and good at keeping secrets. And uh, I was like, man, I can totally see where someone might've watched this and go gone. He would be good for this role. Yeah. Because it, it was like a uh, low key version of like, it was very similar to that character, which is part of why like once upon a time is literally his. Yeah. Talking about actors doing this. I mean, I really wasn't impressed with uh, Guy Pierce's. Uh, honestly, I was kind of. I mean, he's good. I I always enjoy watching him, but I was like, man, you know, this is. I don't think this, this wasn't is, it. Yeah, this wasn't your your greatest work, unfortunately. This is um, nobody's greatest work. Let's except be clear for David about Arquette. Okay, he fucking killed it. He kills everything he's in, man. He's, he's, he was in it for like five minutes. Yeah, it's still great. It's my favorite part of the movie, honestly. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not, I just don't understand the the ratings that it has. Uh, the trivia is already something I mentioned. Literally only one fun fact about this was that is partially and very loosely inspired by the Donner Party disaster of 1847. That is the only thing that was, I was like, wow, this is kind of sad that there's not more fun trivia. Honestly, the goops were more interesting because that was where we found the thing about the, um, the, the hor horse yeah. meat and how that just didn't make sense. And then the whole thing where um, eating uh, people would is definitely a death sentence and does not revitalize you. Well, yeah, but. Because it will make you sick. It will well, give you yeah, brain diseases. Yeah, of course. Will it really? Oh yeah, it'll totally uh, screw with your brain. You are not. We are not meant to eat people. 
Well, yeah, I know we're not meant to eat people. I'm just saying. No, I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm literally saying. Like, think of uh, Book of Eli where they meet the um, old people and they have the shakes in their hands. Mm-hmm. And that's because they've been eating people. Hmm. Yeah. I think we should uh, we should definitely add some fun goofs into this. Into the. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. A single horse weighs over. I'm just looking to see if there's any other uh, fun goofs. That would be, yeah, that would be something fun to throw in there. Not like, oh, like you said, like, oh, you can see the camera or the boom, the boom mic in this shot, but like funny things like the horse uh, information. That would be fun to start putting on, uh, putting on the show. I always think they need to do more of that stuff, like weird things. Like when you, we, someone's holding like something covered in spider webs and you're like, that's absolutely hot glue. Yeah. Like you've got hot glue chunks, bro. That's, that's hot glue. Um, yeah, I think we'll do that going forward. Um, so yeah, the ratings. Seven out of ten on IMDb, three point six out of five on Letterbox. I mean, the, the, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I really don't understand. Maybe I, I don't did, either. Maybe I missed something. I don't know. But that score took me out of the movie. I gave this one a three as well. I'd say the recommendation recommendation for the week is going to be Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Oh, what did you give them? You didn't even tell me. I agreed with you on the first one. Okay. Um, What'd you give this one? Like a two. Yeah, like a two and a half, but really only a two and a half for Robert Carlyle, because at least his character was interesting. He did a lot with his role. That's fair. And frankly, let's be honest, of all the actors, he carried the film. That is true. So, yeah. and on that note, um, we will be back next week for sure. Uh, me and Corey will be doing some uh, George Romero movies, so that'll be Party. a good time. Party. Uh, follow us on Facebook at Frightmares and Instagram at Frightmares Podcast. Twitter at Frightmares underscore pod. Slasher app at Frightmares Podcast. Uh, stay spooky at Outlook.com. Drop us a line. I'm Dr. Proctor on Letterboxd. You are Watson LNP90. Booyah. And until next week, guys, stay tuned and stay spooky. Goodbye. Goodbye.